Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, how's it going? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper here with you once again, sports broadcaster in the UK. Looking forward to this episode with Adnan Ibrahim with some really fascinating things to, to talk about in terms of how his uh, app at Mind Labs and the online system there can, I suppose, counter some of the negative effects of the online world, the mobile phone, smartphone culture. We'll get to that in due course. And first of all, thank you for being here. Hope you're well. Um, thank you to the sponsors too. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations housed around the corner from me in the picturesque courtyard in Montpellier, the sort of French flavoured region of Cheltenham here in the west of England. And more importantly, though, through that company, Serene AV, as well as Bang Olufsen's world renowned, elite, um, fantastic high-class products. They do source whatever fits your home entertainment needs, your vision, your budget through that company, Serene AV as well. So worth getting in touch with Jason Briggs and his fine team at Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. Also, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, we have an association with the podcast, uh, the podcast has an association with Cytoplan, food-based supplement company, again, based in the West of England in a little village called Hanley Swan in Worcestershire, but more importantly, in terms of uh, the, beyond the location, it's a, a company my father has worked as a consultant for for 20 plus years, helping devise ingredients lists for multivitamins in particular. He's a big fan of trace elements, my dad being Dr. Mark Draper, who is a, a general practitioner, but also a micronutritionist, has taught and, and lectured in micronutrition and advised Cytoplan. Big fan of, of supplementation in terms of things like selenium, zinc, magnesium, and uh, other other ingredients that, that that make up a holistic and, and healthy lifestyle, particularly in the area of um, industrial farming, the era of industrial farming, sorry, and um, different dietary habits, shall we say, in the in the modern world of processed food. Nonetheless, if you would like a discount associated with the podcast, whether it's a multivitamin, vitamin you're looking for, or something more specific like vitamin D3, vitamin D3 again, if you're in the US or Australia, I know that's how you like to say it, um, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and at checkout, the discount code associated with the podcast is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals 110 and the capital letter R. It's 30% upfront, I believe, first purchase, 10% thereafter on future purchases. And before we get to uh, this interview with Adnan, I just wanted to uh, let you know about something we're doing my wife and I, to record life stories with members of the public. It's called Attic Box Audio, born in lockdown when we were talking about how we'd love to have spoken to our grandparents, get their wisdom, and also trying to reminisce about details of their lives, you know, going back to the 1920s, 1930s. And that gets a bit sketchy in time after they've been dead for a few years and just thought it'd be great to have the, their life story in their own voice, to hear their voice again. <clears throat> and so we set about recording lots of uh, life stories with family members now and even through our parents you can go back to the early victorian era or the, sorry the late victorian era late 19th century in terms of of their memories of, of people in their lives so it's their grandparents etc so it's a fascinating project and one we're offering to the public now through attic box audio if you go to atticboxaudio.co.uk 
A-T-T-I-C box, B-O-X, audio, A-U-D-I-O, .co.uk. You can find out all about atticboxaudio.co.uk, primarily in the Cotswolds here in the uh, west of England. But beyond that, we can offer Zoom services and connections. Not quite the same, I don't think. But nonetheless, as this interview proves uh, coming up on the podcast, we do get some valuable uh, connection through that. And it's probably the next best thing, isn't it, to, to connect digitally. Anyway, let's uh, introduce Adnan Ibrahim, who's the CEO of Mind Labs, uh, which is uh, in their in their aim, a revolutionary new uh, piece of technology based on the latest neuroscience, which helps you build mental resilience, overcome stress, anxiety, and low mood, and in, I guess contrast to existing meditation apps, etc., that are on the internet promoting breathing practices, etc. This is uh, video-based classes, live video classes as well. So again, referring to what we're talking about there, just a bit more of a human interconnection as well. So here he is. So I'll let him describe it in more detail. But uh, the one and only Adnan Ibrahim. Adnan, welcome along to the podcast. Fantastic to see you. How are you feeling today? You look, you look well, you look fresh. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that, that's very kind of you to say. I just actually finished a uh, 30 days of Ramadan. So I'm, uh, oh, I'm wow. feeling fresh, although yesterday was uh, our celebration of Eid. So it was a lot of eating and um, visiting family. So I think I'm feeling the effects of overloading my body with, uh, with sugar because you have a lot of sweet treats being passed around. So yeah, overall feeling good and uh, yeah, looking forward to now attacking the rest of the year. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Happy Eid Mubarak, I think. Is that is that the correct? The yeah, correct that's problem? it. Thank you very much. Thank but you. You're, you're welcome. But I mean, what is your experience like of that? Because obviously in popular culture, fasting has become a, a health a health tool. But I know it's different because obviously you can't drink in the daylight hours either, water and, and fluids. How, how do you find that that period? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, a, it's one of the biggest questions that we get, which is, oh, how, how do you cope without the water? I can cope without the food, but the mm. water, to be honest, I think it's, it's you know, years of, practice um you know we just spoke about mental stamina but it's about building that positive habit and obviously you know that there are so many benefits you know getting rid of toxins but also it's a discipline so it's an act of can i be disciplined between sunrise and sunset um so actually these days it doesn't really affect me obviously when you've got lots and lots of video calls like today's world is you know back-to-back video calls you do get a bit of dry mouth towards yeah yeah um, but most of the time you're doing it for a, for a bigger purpose. And obviously, yeah, the, the health benefits from fasting have been written about a lot of the time, but I like to think of it more as a, you know, 30 days in a year where I can fight all of the urges off. And really it's like the mind over matter, um, uh, battle. And, and that's one that I particularly look forward to. Yeah. So do you feel a kind of, we always talk about over stressing the body in terms of fitness to then have a physical response and adaptation. Do you feel that, that mentally, is it, is it because you put yourself in an uncomfortable position like that, that life suddenly for the, the rest of the year is, is easier? Is it that relative, that relativity? It's funny. It's actually just the fact that, you know, you can do it means that then when you have, you know, adverse events that pop up during the rest of the year, you actually just know that you have developed some form of mental resilience because obviously thirst and hunger are one of the two biggest um you know reactions that your body can have and obviously most of the time it can lead you into you know roots of temptation or binge eating and this really allows you to take heed and notice of those reactions i mean you know without going into the world of mindfulness already it is actually a form of mindfulness as well you know paying attention Mm. to physical sensations and bodily sensations and not acting immediately on those sensations um, so yeah, that's that's why it's kind of for me particularly enjoyable because it kind of merges with what I'm doing in, in business world and business life as well. 
yeah it's created distance hasn't it i suppose from your thoughts and and your actions and, and kind of creating that gap and that's where you where you can live tell, tell us about mind labs then is, is it the, the evolution of it you've obviously been heavily involved in in business and in the past what what did you notice in yourself and other people that, that made you think that that we needed something urgently particularly for a generation of people who are who are logged into to laptops and smartphones for, for much of the day yeah i mean it's it's um it's becoming more and more of a problem now we always talk about the fact that the next pandemic is going to be a mental health pandemic obviously we went through the terrors of covid and with that we saw depression double or triple depending on the data source you look at my journey to to getting here was that i went through my own i guess mental health struggle um i had a previous business in the media world Uh, as you know the media world Mm. is ups and downs and you know facing competition and especially with the internet it just cause a whole load of new pressure on that industry and I was in my early 20s as a solo founder dealing with a lot of those pressures myself and I guess I, I just got to that mental health breaking point where I wanted to seek out help advice guidance and understanding of my mind so I started reading books I read the power of now I started seeing mm. coaches and then therapists and I became particularly enthralled with this idea that actually I'm not the you know, the only person that has these struggles on a daily basis. In fact, a lot of these, you know, especially millennials now, but aging millennials, you know, working millennials, they're now facing this, you know, nonstop treadmill of working life. And especially then with COVID, it's the nonstop video calls, always connected, the social media, um, you know, facade that has developed, that has encouraged, you know, quite bad habits. Mm. And then on top of that, you know, that leads to this stress and difficulty sleeping. So I thought, I'm not the only one here. There are you know, millions of these people just like me around the world and we're lacking connection. And one of the biggest things for me was how can we encourage more connection with instructors and coaches? And that's essentially what MindLabs is. It's, it's the ability to connect with an expert instructor with video classes that are designed to help you stress less, sleep better and feel happier. And most importantly, you can actually now start to track your progress over time, which we can talk about. But thanks to things like Apple Watches that are measuring all kinds of things that actually tell us a little bit about how we feel. So yeah, it's, it's a fascinating space and we're looking forward to kind of building the future. In and space. and, and the, the point of differentiation I understand with MindLabs is versus apps like Calm that, that people use. And a lot of people use those, those apps and, and enjoy them is that it's video based, isn't it? Are those real time videos? Are they recorded videos that people access? How does it, how does it work? it's both it's both so every day we have live classes um and we've you know we've got our own custom studio over in west london and uh, our instructors come in to talk to people and and to focus on specific topics um whether it's you know a morning energizing class because often if you've had a bad night's sleep you're feeling particularly groggy in the morning Mm. you want that boost or maybe it's at the end of the day and you're looking forward to unwinding so maybe we can teach you some breathwork techniques or meditation techniques in order to help you de-stress and then, of course, we have this huge kind of catalogue of on-demand videos as well, and they go very problem-specific. So let's say, you know, you've got a problem at work or, you know, you're about to take a flight and you've got anxiety about the flight. We have a bunch of these um, on-demand topics as well. And then the other point of differentiation is not only do we have real-life faces and we know that people really value that face-to-face connection, we can then also tie in biomarker data. So we're looking at things like, mindful minutes and next sleep so looking at things like your sleep efficiency and sleep score and saying hey we noticed you didn't have a great night's sleep last night because we can literally see it how about you take this morning energizing class because we know that will help you feel better and that's never been done before because 
frankly, five years ago, we didn't have the data. So it's this yeah. whole new incredible um, part of the industry that's, you know, transforming very quickly. And it's interesting that, isn't it? Because the documentation sometimes can cause anxiety if, if your watch tells you you've had a bad night's sleep. But offering, I suppose, therapeutic solution to that is is integral, isn't it? Because sometimes the data can just get us worried without without offering a, a resolution to a bad night's sleep. I, I think what's really interesting is that there's there's this whole new wave of we call them kind of health optimizers, but you might call them biohackers or mm. essentially data nerds like myself. And we just love pouring over data. So it's actually almost the opposite these days where if you're not tracking your data, you get this sense of anxiety of what's happening in my body. I can feel a change and I can feel yeah. a difference, but what are my biomarkers telling me? So just as an example, outside of the world of mindfulness, I was testing out a continuous glucose monitor and I'm sure you've come across these. I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Um, mostly been used for type 1 diabetes and, and pre-diabetes but actually now there's a whole wave of generation of people who just track their blood sugar levels who don't have any problems with diabetes but are using you know um, glucose levels to look at whether food intake has been you know spiked their sugar levels whether their insulin levels are working to keep that those sugar levels um, balanced whether that affects then their training performance and training schedules as well and it's actually now that people want that data because they can then make choices themselves based on that data and of course you know within live classes we're not displaying things like leaderboards we're not gamifying it to a point mm. where you're worried about comparison against someone else like a peloton because that's where you can induce that anxiety sure but we just open up that data to say to people hey look we've thought about what might be happening we've gathered some insights we're suggesting a class but ultimately it's up to you to take that step and build that positive habit we're just supplying you with the data and the information did you did you track your blood sugar during Ram uh, ramadan uh, it was just at the beginning of Ramadan and it was super yeah. interesting. I mean, there were, there are a bunch of trends, you know, coming out of a, uh, so you would eat at sunrise um, just before sunrise. And that for us was about 4, 4, 30 AM. Oh, and you would start to see, yeah, I mean, that, would, that, would, that was a big impact on my sleep. <laughs> and you would start to yeah. see obviously an initial spike and that would affect my ability to fall back to sleep. And then you go into this kind of steady state fast. So your blood sugar levels just remain quite low. And then just towards at the end of the day, they start to drop off and you have kind of quite low millimole uh, measurements. Um, and then I was testing out different foods as well. You know, if I had a can of Coke in the evening, you just <laughs> see this colossal spike and yeah. crash down the other side. And instead of, you know, feeling hangry, that was something that my, uh, I was trying to test with my wife, whether me feeling hangry was related to blood sugar level or just my mood. Turns mm. out it was related to my blood sugar levels. And, you know, you, know, you can actually map your moods to your blood sugar levels. It was just fascinating. Yeah, that's big, actually, having that, that kind of real time sort of evidence of fasting and keeping it keeping it consistent. You mentioned Eckhart Tolle's uh, Power and Now, because I read that book a few years ago. I think you get to a point where you, your mind feels overwhelmed by certain things. And that concept of just living in the, in the moment, which you watch little kids have got a little daughter, they do it instinctively. Um, it's something that perhaps we, we lose. Was, was that a big driver for you that in this world of messages, meetings, I guess, you know, interconnectivity that perhaps we're always thinking about the past and the future too much, not enough about here? And now definitely i think you know such a big part of mindfulness is presence so all of the techniques that we teach whether it is you know a tapping technique when you're doing breath work whether it is box breathing exercises essentially all they're trying to help you to do is get yourself back into the present moment by helping you to pay attention to what's happening in the present moment so there's a great one to do with senses so it's you know five things that you can see four things you can hear three things you can touch two things you can taste one thing you can smell and that exercise takes 
a minute or a minute and a half. And all it helps you to do is to adjust back to the present moment. Because again, today's world, it's so easy to cast your mind back to, oh, that thing happened on Instagram. <laughs> I wish I never took that photo or oh, I've got this very big life event coming up or I've got this meeting with my boss or I've got this event that I need to prepare for. So you're constantly thinking about what's you know just happened or what's about to happen. And it's dangerous. Because frankly, you, you, you're putting yourself into that period of constantly overthinking. And like you've read in The Power of Now, one of the biggest assets we have, but also one of the biggest enemies we have is our brain. And it's developed to a point where we've moved away from the, you know, the original fight and flight complexes and all of those kind of primate based things that we, we learned we're now using for different effects. And actually, some of them are having a negative effect on us as well. So I think a big part of my journey was how do I start to gain more understanding and therefore become more present. And it's difficult. It's so difficult, especially when you're running a, 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 an internet company, you're constantly thinking about the future. So I think it's a big battle of mind to you know, balance. How do we think about progression and growth and not being satisfied with today's status quo, which is essentially what we have to do to, in order to grow, but then also to recognize the status quo and to be satisfied and to be present and to show gratitude. Uh, and I don't think I've mastered it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, I suppose the, diff the difficulty is if you're too much in the future, you're not able to sort of execute in the present either, are you? Because you're you're distracted, I suppose. It's sort of, there's a lot of it come down to distraction, I suppose, of it for our, how we feel. And then that makes us feel worse and maybe depressed that we're not, we're not focused and not achieving. Exactly that. And I think one of the big um, issues that we face today in that, unfortunately our kids are going to face as well in the future is that concept of the ultimate age of distraction you know notifications on your phone the latest youtube video that's just dropped tiktok just sucking you back into the algorithm <laughs> which i'm also uh, guilty of as well how do we start to minimize those distractions or at least have healthy create healthy habits towards those you know we spoke a little bit about before we started recording about healthy habits with your phone at bedtime yeah, now for us, we think that, of course, there's a balance. So are you doing things like setting sleep time routines? But then also, can you use your phone to improve your bedtime routine? And we don't see the phone as just a source of evil. Clearly, it's not. <laughs> we get a great deal of, of utility out of mobile phones, whether it's in connection or information. But we need to know where the limits and the boundaries are. So for me, every night I have the you know iPhone sleep routine. Mm. Um, which means that it snoozes all of my notifications. It shifts the hue of the backlight. Um, and so those are the things that we can do. And obviously then with MindLabs classes, it means I can you know, establish a relationship with the instructor and then put my phone down to the side. So I can start to form the bond. I can get myself into that frame of mind. I can start to practice that breathing technique and then put the phone to the side and you know, um, try and, try and you know, switch off. And that's the part where I think we need to start developing more tools to help us counteract all of the wealth of notification overload that we're basically dumping in our brains and it's not healthy. Yeah, it's that, that balance between being busy and productive, isn't it? I think we're all wrestling with a lot of the time. It's like, you know, you can feel endlessly busy reacting to those notifications without feeling very um, productive in a sense. Do you use something else to, to watch the Mindland videos then? You don't do it on your phone. Is that is that what you encourage or how do you approach that? No, so we'll have um, wind down routines on phones right now. We're um, on iPhone only, iOS only. Um, but the big advantage that we find is that because you have almost that instructor holding you accountable, it's kind of like having a personal trainer in the gym, except this time it's the personal trainer for your mind. Just the fact that you have the visual accountability means that um, 
you know, you can start to, you know, establish that. And then obviously, you know, we have an audio and video mode as well that you can switch to an audio mode to then put your phone by the side and start to, you know, do that breathing technique without focusing. Cause that's, that's ultimately what we want, we want you to do. And then of course, in the morning, again, we help you to kind of just establish that um, routine and help to establish that relationship. Because I think that's what we found. A lot of those apps have really bad issues with churn. Something like 95% of users of meditation apps, the traditional ones, churn within the first seven days well we believe that a large proportion of that is because they don't find something that works for them so it's not personalized but then also it's not engaging enough so that they can feel some kind of accountability and we know that actually if you look at the biggest paid mindfulness market they aren't these apps it's actually real life brick and mortar centers studios you know we can see it in the yoga studios that, that have now become mindfulness studios and that trend is going to increase they work so well because you have a real life community and you have the face-to-face instructor. Okay, but now how do we make that more accessible? How do we help people who are more at home create the same level of um, in- interaction with an instructor? We believe that kind of this is how you do it. Do you envisage doing some sort of real-time face-to-face events as well around it? You mentioned Peloton. I know sometimes they have a, a real class and then they have it streamed as well at the same time. So there's there's both a, a sort of virtual community and a, and a physical community at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, right now we're still very focused on just trying to scale the digital uh, platform yeah. to reach as many people as we can. But you can definitely imagine that world where, I mean, we have a real life center and studio and, you know, we sometimes invite other guests or guest instructors in as well. Um, we would love to see, you know, real life communities form out of this where you have people practicing breathwork or mindfulness based activity in real life. And, you know, I think we're, we're not just trying to encourage digital only um, experience. We're trying to get people to talk about this with their friends and family we you know we were very active on on distribution on social media and trying to use those platforms as a force for good and we have over seventy thousand members of the community on instagram now and they are sharing and talking about you know techniques with people that they know and loved ones and, and for us it's about education right how do we through instructors help to educate people about what are those best practices um because we think they're just not taught you know when we were at school did yeah. we did we learn how to breathe? It's such a fundamental thing. We just don't no. talk about it. No, yeah, lots of lots of aspects about that and sort of even money management, lots of fundamentals of life. I think we weren't weren't encouraged to develop. And I suppose it's been an, an, a, a rapid evolution of this, hasn't it? Because the smartphone was invented in 2007. Suddenly we're, we're all interconnected as well. How do you view the this, this smartphone? Do you have to view it neutrally? And we, we started discipline, didn't we, with, with Ramadan? Is that something that we need to incorporate into the, the phone? It's been so new, hasn't it? It's almost like we have been in the in the candy store and on on there 24 seven but then actually it's how you how you use the best of it without getting uh the negative side effects i suppose yeah i think it's it's a fascinating thing that we're probably not uh, you know we don't know enough about and we're, we're probably starting to learn more about healthy habits i think actually the best example are wearables so mm. five years ago you know biosensors on your wrists and on your fingers with aura rings and in your mattresses they were witchcraft, they didn't exist. But actually what you found is that these wearables means that actually you're starting to have slightly less screen time because you're checking your phone less or you're relying on your aura ring and I have an aura ring and you rely on it, you know, you know you're not looking at your phone then or you're only looking at your phone to then see it the night after what the metrics are gonna be like. And so we're starting to shift a lot of the distribution power onto these wearables that might not necessarily be screen-based, you know, building in all of those engagement sticky retention loops into those products as well. And then of course, there's a fight happening between 
platforms that want that engagement. And so there's always going to be the new wave of things that will capture attention. Mm. Um, TikTok, we mentioned, is a big <laughs> one right now. Seems, that seems dramatically effective, doesn't it? It's dragging people back in, I suppose, alongside Instagram. Yeah, we, we probably thought that Instagram had kind of gone over the crest and they introduced Reels and then TikTok just absolutely exploded. And I think they've now become one of the largest um, social networks in the world, overtaking YouTube in terms of minutes watched. And it's just um, fascinating because there will always be another wave mm. uh, of things that capture uh, the zeitgeist. But then how do we start to build those healthy habits and build those positive reinforcement loops around actually it's okay to not you know be addicted to tiktok and it's okay to teach the next generation that hey you should take some time for yourself and you know go out in nature and experience and explore it's not as exciting as a tiktok video so i think that's the point how do we make those techniques um widely understood about the benefits because mm. you and i know from having you know it sounds like you've also gone through your own mindfulness yeah but i've been, addi- I've been addi- i mean i've been addicted to my phone as well my wife will tell you my daughter will tell you that you know, <laughs> I, I at times get lost in it but it's interesting you do notice that sometimes you get that low level anxiety with it don't you with social media immersion that maybe that you say if you're documenting what's happening there that people will be more aware then of the the, the, the physiological effect it's having on you as well as a psychological well, well, of course, it's you know really well documented about that dopamine hit we'll get mm. from scrolling through Instagram or by getting, you know, tapping the number of likes. And I can see that my own use of Instagram really started to drop as I started to um, uh, build mind laps. So back in my previous business, it was very much, you know, Instagram first. It was in the car industry. So everything was visual car images and on launches and driving the latest supercars. And we were documenting our lives at the same time. And then in the last two years, I've probably posted once on Instagram. That might might be a bit of a sign of Instagram as a platform. But I've also just found that I don't need that validation anymore. I'm not trying to look for those dopamine hits. And Mm. I'm probably more content and rounded in the rest of my life now, thankfully. You know, got married last year and, you know, thank you, working in a mindfulness-based company. And I think you start to put things into perspective and that's something that the younger generation haven't had the luxury of building just yet. Mm. But then also I know that if I do a breathing technique, I actually do feel a lot calmer and it does help to solve those immediate issues of anxiety. And I know that if I can practice mindfulness 20 minutes a day, three times a week, there's actually real scientific research that's been done that shows that um, people that have done that three times a week, 20 minutes um, per practice, if you put them through an MRI scanner and you show the differences in their brain, you can actually see the differences in their brain. So their prefrontal cortex differences in gray matter. So mm. there's actual physiological change that occurs. Same with things like, you know, heart, lung health, um, blood pressure, resting heart rate, heart rate variability. All of these things are now proven to change as you start to, to um, engage in this kind of activity. And that's exactly what we're trying to bring into the picture as well, because we are inherently skeptical. You know, someone says, oh, I've got this great new breathing technique. You're like, oh, that's a bit woo woo. I don't think that really works. He's got his head in the clouds. But actually, you know, it might not be some of the, you know, um, things that you would normally associate with mindfulness, but simple breathwork techniques have real scientific change on the body. And actually now that we can show that with sensor data, we think there's going to be this new age where people start to not just trust, but believe in these mindfulness-based techniques. 
yes powerful isn't it and breath works just so powerful as we kind of connecting back to what we talked about being in the here and now it it certainly does send to you there and it, like anything it's forming that habit i suppose a, a positive habit it's interesting because a lot of the documentation around mind labs centers on millennials and the conversation around the particular challenges they face it's sort of an ethereal kind of vague topic is it millennials i don't know how how you define it i've just um i'm, I'm 40 now and it's interesting that my brother younger brothers always dismiss them as millennials and all this stuff and then there's some definitions where i actually fall into it and i'm like hang on a minute i don't i don't i didn't think i was a millennial i thought i was in some sort of hinterland between um millennial and and gen x or whatever it was before before that but it's it's an interesting one isn't it because i suppose that group i don't know how you define it but roughly has been the the kind of um, guinea pigs for this this technology where we've we've sort of grown up with it but not quite whereas the, the younger generation coming through is now having it from a 11 12 13 i think it's exactly that it's probably loosely defined as people that are born between such and such years but actually it's people like us where at school we didn't have the pressures of you know mobile phones uh, yeah. that could do anything i had my brick, brick yeah. nokia brick phone that you know could just about play snake and that was it but now you know when we started to you know progress through into our early working careers that was where we started to see the advent of social media and that was where things became fully connected so i guess we would classify it as the working generation so this working generation now people like ourselves that are anywhere from late 20s to early 40s they now have seen a two different pronounced cycles mm. and now that we're in this cycle they can kind of they've got that halo effect of the past where it's so easy to say oh back in our day it was just so much easier in fact you know, holiday was, <laughs> yeah exactly i was reading something that said that every single generation will look back at the year where they were 10 years old and exactly at the point that they were 10 years old they will say that that was the best point in my life for me i wouldn't say it was 10 and obviously you know living in the present moment you, you try and not cast your oh. mind back. Like you, you, you know, there was definitely that period of time where things felt different. You mm. would talk, you know, you'd go out with your friends. I'd go, I'd go on my bikes and I'd ride around the, the, the cul-de-sac on, with my mates. And it wouldn't be like you're indoors just gaming and you're playing Fortnite yeah. online. <laughs> and so I think that that's kind of what defines a millennial generation. But so therefore we're, we're aware of what things used to look like. And we are then trying to actively develop better more positive habits in order to reground ourselves and i think that's kind of what defines that millennial generation for me at least yeah no it's it's an interesting it's sort of ongoing kind of review and uh, of everything as you say technology changes the the apps get more cleverer at grabbing our attention it's it's up to us to to be disciplined with it but there's so many positives around it what do you have any general tips around digital etiquette that have, that have helped you as as all this technology's come upon us that some disciplines that, that have worked yeah, for sure. I mean, so the, the first thing is, especially when you're starting a startup, it, it can be very much, you know, the, the hustle porn culture, 24 mm. seven culture, we've tried to actively, um, you know, create some balance there. And I think, you know, people always talk about work life balance, I, I believe, personally, and, you know, work life harmony, are you doing things in your life where work doesn't have to always feel like work. And I know that that is a very like luxurious way of looking at work. And so, you know, there'll be people that say, well, you know, you're not living in the in, in reality, but are there parts of your work that you will actually really enjoy? And therefore, are there things that will mean that as you're starting to, you know, trying to juggle between work and life, you can create more harmony. So for me, that means that I always have dinner with my wife every single day and I'll try and turn my phone off and snooze notifications for a period of time on weekends we try and practice separation because actually what we found is that the time that we have previously lost in commuting time 
we're gaining it as employers back in people that are just logging on to work a little bit earlier or they've got slack up on their phones or they're logged into emails so why not give people that time back at weekends so that they come back on a monday morning feeling re-energized and then you know we're talking about um uh, habits during the course of the day thankfully now i think apple has started to understand this yeah and they've introduced you know different types of notification snooze modes so they'll have different modes where you can do not disturb and they can have, you know, a work mode and a personal mode and a sleep mode. So we encourage using those different modes at different points of the day as well. Yeah, so screen time. yeah, screen time. It's like you get that little rush, don't you? If your screen time's down from last week, you're like, oh, wow, it's a bit of a result now. Yeah, exactly. And how, how do you start to actually incorporate techniques where you're not actually looking at the screen? So for me, I try and, it sounds a bit strange, but I just try and stare out of the window for a couple of minutes every day, not only for the sake of my eyesight, because, you know, we're, we're, we're used to sure. you know, looking at things on a short um, resolution, but also just to kind of let my mind wander again. I'm, I'm also, um, I've always been a big writer, so I don't take notes always on um, my laptop. Okay. I'll also have, you know, my moleskin and I use my moleskin religiously every single day to brainstorm deck ideas or to write down my to-do mm. list or to take notes. And again, for me, it's just about focus, you know, focusing on handwriting, something that again, us millennial mm. generations did a lot of back in the day, yeah. maybe it's, it's less commonplace today. But yeah, those small things for me help after work. I have a little routine. I like cooking. So again, cooking's great because it's another real mindfulness-based activity. Mm. You're only thinking about what's going into this ingredients. You're smelling things, you're tasting things to see if you know it's working out in the way that you expect it to. So find the things that work for you. And the main thing is, can you make sure that that happens for 10 to 15 minutes every single day? Because the hardest part is habit formation. And I'm sure you know this, you know, yeah. if you start to do like Ramadan, 30 days of anything, means that you've now started to cement the habit mm. and often again because of this distraction age we don't give ourselves long enough to build the habit and so we don't live you know to see the benefits of that and that's the biggest piece of advice can you do something even if it's five minutes ten minutes a day every single day will be much more powerful than an hour of big mindfulness yeah. work and then you don't do anything for the next two weeks that that's not you know how you should best practice this kind of stuff and that's what we're trying to again encourage with mind labs yeah, the equivalent is someone that goes sort of first week in January, came to the gym two hours a day and they never see it again for the rest of the uh, 11 and a half months or whatever. Yeah, perfect for gyms. They make a lot of money out of that yearly membership and people don't come back in February. But yeah, it's not the best way to build a habit. And I think we, we start, we're starting to understand that now. And, and how's it been for you building these companies? Because looking at the website, you've got, you've got a lot of people working for you, with you. How's that, how's that process been? Because I suppose human beings are the, are the key ingredient. Even though it's a technology company, it's getting the right people in. Have you found that? Because recruitment always fascinates me that I've never had to do that. But it, I look at Sky where I work as a day job and it's the challenges of, of it's, a big, it's a big thing and it's difficult to do on interviews and things, isn't it? But that culture you're trying to foster is reliant upon having the, the right people there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people are the lifeblood, the heart of any company. Um, we try and be really, um, you know, strict and pragmatic about how we hire. So we look for key characteristics and traits. And obviously, one big thing that unites the whole company is that they work at MyLabs for a reason. Either they've gone through their own, you know, mental health experiences, or they know someone that has. So they're really united in trying to solve a problem. Because I mean, unfortunately, not many kids will go, "Oh, I'd love to work in the mental health space when I grow up." Hopefully, that changes. Okay. 
<laughs> so instead, right now, you've got this, like, people here are on a mission. They're on a mission to help make the world a happier place. So, you know, when it comes to recruitment, we look for certain key characteristics, traits. Um, we try and build a culture of accountability. We, you know, we're there to help people, but we also give them the autonomy to go out and make those mistakes. It's also not easy. You know, we're also looking for people that have the ownership and they want to take the ownership in trying to move things forward and startups are hard you know not everything is up and to the right like you might read on all of these like tech blogs and tech websites there's a lot of you know periods of time where you're, you're second guessing and doubting yourself as well and so resilience again is super important you know we, we look to hire people that are fearlessly optimistic is one of our values there they know that they can change um the world and they're optimistic about the future but they're fearless and you know and understanding that they they might not know the answers and they're happy to push through the blocks that inevitably come as well so um yeah we we we, we never you know the best hirers only hire the best people 50 percent of the time so mm. you have to also understand that it's difficult and yeah. especially today people you know want to move around and experience jobs and uh we're lucky in that we found a great team of people that that believe in the mission and therefore they're just very motivated to help solve this problem yeah, it's always intriguing that the sort of process of an interview because someone could be a fantastic interviewer and not necessarily representing who they who they really are. So it's, it's a very complicated process from your end, I'd imagine. What ways do you your learnings from MindLabs incorporate how you run the company? Because this is, a, again, a sort of nuanced debate as well, because I think there was a binary thing a few years ago that originated from France of no emails after 7 p.m., whatever it might be. And then I've spoken to friends who have had similar th- things introduced methods in in their work in in the uk but they said well actually i've got i'm doing a school run at four and then i have to go back and i need to send this email but it's after a certain time and it's that 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 sort of it's quite complicated with people's different commitments how do you approach things like like that and when people are expected to respond to to communications etc i think it goes back to that point around accountability so we essentially give the power to the team members to say you know do what's required of you in whatever time period you want of course there are certain meetings that you may need to attend and we try not to have too many meetings but there will always be a couple that are super important so every Friday we have a town hall it's very important that that the team comes along to that and team members present what they've been up to in the course of the week and it's a great way to maintain culture especially in remote first world it's so hard to maintain culture when you don't see people face to face you don't have those in-office chats um but then us as founders what we're trying not to do is we won't send a message at 7 p.m on a saturday evening so we will try and practice that however if you want to do your best work on a sunday evening just before you start on a monday morning that's completely up to you so we kind of leave the working week up to you but we don't require it and so therefore it gives you the flexibility of working whenever you want to work whilst maintaining the fact that there will be some meetings during the course of the day that we expect you to be present at but other than that work whenever you want to work do the best work you can or whatever times are the most productive because i'm actually more of a night owl myself i'm not a morning <laughs> person so yeah. for me i am most productive towards the end of the day and so i can't expect everyone to have that same cadence and others in the team wake up at 7 a.m and that's when they're on it so um everyone has their own ways of working it's just about us trying to accommodate that but then whilst also having you know certain cadences where you do need to bring people together hmm. how much have you benefited from using mind labs yourself as part of this process a lot. I mean, I'm I'm so lucky because I get access to, you know, we have now nearly 20 world-class instructors that come into the office that give us, you know, that I get to talk to on a personal level. So I'm surrounded by experts um, and I'm surrounded by people that 
are building you know amazing products that have never been used before so then i'm dog fooding things that the world has not seen before and i'm getting to experience products and use products that you know um are groundbreaking so i've it's helped me massively um it's also just shed a light on my own mindfulness practices you know going back to the idea of habit building and habit formation so can i also practice what i preach and you know do 20 minutes a day three times minimum per week and obviously testing the app in between that and you know i've continued on with things that i believe augment that experience so coaching i have a coach i see my coach once every three weeks um he's actually more of a kind of like a hybrid coach therapist so for me it's just about talking through even the most mundane things um and again i think you know there are great analogies with therapy but it's essentially you pay someone to talk about your problems and they yeah. have to listen to you because you pay them, <laughs> them to listen to you and that's basically what it is there's we're trying to break down that concept of engaging with a human being that's essentially what the, the instructors behind my labs are about as well so it's helped me incredibly and yeah i feel really lucky to be working in this space and also selfishly get to use it myself it, but it's, it's interesting. I've done a little bit of personal training, training it in my in my past, the physical side of things. And I've got some gurus that I follow in that world. And they always say, you know, quite candidly that you have to kind of look like you're in physical shape. Otherwise, people aren't going to believe you. And I suppose the aspect of video that you have at Mind Labs, people can actually see the instructors, see how well they seem is different than maybe just an audio video that could have been recorded in the booth somewhere, isn't it? There's a real, a real sense of these people are, are living what they're, they're telling me today. And also, I think it's even if those people aren't necessarily living it because, we, you know, as we say to our instructors, be yourselves on social media. Don't put up the facade. That's what we're trying to fight against. Mm. So if you have a bad day, so I'll see it on you know, our instructor's Instagram story and they will actually post and say, you know what, I've just had a bit of a bad day today. I'm taking the day off from the rest of emails. And that's fantastic because what it means is that people understand that everyone is human being at the end of the day. And, you know, it's normal to feel bad and it's normal to feel happy and happiness is a fleeting emotion and it's about contentment. And you, you know, these things from, you know, yeah. books like the power of now. So if we can practice showing, actually, you know what, I don't feel too good today and I'm going to have a mental health day off. Great. We just helped to validate the fact that we're all human beings and we all have mental health and mental health is 50 different shades of color. And um, we have to practice what we preach as well. So we're not trying to provide this you know while the videos themselves are very glossy within those videos we practice being vulnerable being human and showing off that human side and ultimately the video really helps that because there's no feigning you can't fake it to a certain degree 24 7 at some point you'll see that chink in the armor and that's what you know we're encouraging our instructors to show that vulnerability yeah i think a big thing it's interesting they've taken that time off because i think one of the modern pressures we have is this is this sort of uh, pressure to please which a lot of us have in- instinctively but then with the raft of, of constant communication you always feel like you're kind of failing in a sense you're not getting back to that person you're not giving an answer to that person it might be an email a, a dm on instagram someone on linkedin wants career advice whatever it might be that does there is that that, that danger isn't there of, of just getting overwhelmed with trying to, to satisfy the people yeah for sure and i think again going back to the the, the healthy habits I've taken on myself less of a um, burden of am I replying as quickly to DMs, you know, especially LinkedIn, as as much as I have put pressure on myself to do that in the past. And I would always like to think that my email hygiene is really good and I'll always reply to people as quickly as possible. But then also that means that I'm taking myself away from deep work as well. So 
again with mind labs as opposed to the previous media business which was 24 7 on you know flying around the world and media never stops as you know there's always a bit of breaking news there's always something that's coming out at the end of the day that you know that's fine but create the boundary because it will never stop and i I liken a lot of that to what we're seeing now in the world of crypto and web3 that world is now 24 7 even on weekends the markets don't stop in crypto like they do with the standard you know nine to five markets here and that's like massively damaging to people that are in that space as well so yeah, the world is moving towards 24-7, always on. But at the same time, I think there's a generation of us that understand that that isn't ideal mm. and that are looking to build up the habits and techniques to help them better deal with the world that we're facing today. And it's not all bad. You know, there's obviously, you know, we've been able to connect with people ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Today, able, yeah. yeah. We wouldn't have been able to connect had it not been for the power of the internet and video calling. And there are some amazing benefits that come out of it as well. But again, it just goes back to, creating healthy habits yeah using using a tool a tool well i just wondered before we before we wrap up you, you mentioned getting married congratulations again is it is the mindfulness helped your your relationship because that's part of the the downside of a distraction culture isn't it that perhaps we're not always present with with the people we care most about yeah so funnily enough my wife is actually a, a psychotherapist <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so, uh, I, can't, I can't escape no i'm, I'm kidding no. we we're very what she she really helps me to to process and talk about feelings and we laugh about this a lot you know we're always sharing feelings but uh, at the end of the day I think she has also kind of opened my eyes up to the to the fact that I've always been in the startup rat race if I left university and I never got a job I, I was running my own business since the age of 21 I don't know what it's like to do anything else which also comes with its downsides I don't know what it's like to you know have a have a, a job I don't know what it's like to, I guess, um, interact much as a team member. And so she gives me more perspective. And so from a mindfulness point of view, there's not only that, but I guess in the marriage itself as well, it's about being mindful of the other person. It's about recognizing when I've done something wrong or recognizing when I haven't been present or recognizing when my mind is racing and I haven't been present in the moment and given her the time that she needs and vice versa. So, you know, we will make sure to do things as a couple, you know, going back to cooking, walking, going to the gym, going to body pump classes together, which she made me go through. So she she uh, she pushes me me outside of my comfort zone just as much as I hopefully push her outside. And that, that's what I think makes a great relationship. Right. You're constantly building uh, with each other. And not only that, you're reacting and listening and, and trying to practice what we preach as, as I guess, a couple in the mental health space as well. So, yeah, it is super interesting. And it's been a year and we've loved every minute of it. Yeah, that's powerful. Like in terms of um, that comparison with normal life, it is interesting because I've never had a normal job. I've worked in sports media and it's always weekend work and evenings work. So it's kind of like understanding that other people don't operate on those those rhythms and, and trying to book holiday, et cetera, to fit in with, with other people and connect those those relationships. So that, that's powerful. Adnan, it's been, it's been great to, to catch up. How optimistic are you wrapping up about mental health and, and that we will, we will tackle this and we'll, that people will be able to live a 21st century life happily and healthily oh yeah no I'm, I'm hugely optimistic i think one of the big tailwinds now is the fact that there's been an awareness shift so 10 years ago if you said to someone oh i'm going to spend half an hour working on my mind tonight they would have looked at you as in, in, uh, in, a, in a funny way and today if you say the same thing you probably will go oh wow, that's a great idea you know pat on the back i might try and do the same but if you ask the same people did you actually go and do it 
that's where we're still not doing a good enough job of actually executing and building the habit. So I'm so excited about the future of digital health tech because we've got data like we've never had before, the tools to reach people, it's become more accessible and there's been a shift in how we talk about mental health. And that will only start to get more powerful as more celebrities start to open out about their mental health struggles. And as we start to embrace it as part of our daily lives and as employers start to recognize it. So yeah, next five years are gonna be instrumental. And I'm hoping that we can we can start to lead the charge with a lot of those initiatives as well at Mind Labs. Yeah, absolutely. It's leading me to say the information towards the habits, a bit like knowing that sedentary lifestyles are bad for you, but then actually getting moving and getting getting around the block is sometimes more difficult, is, is putting it into, into action. How do we find out about Mind Labs? What's the best place? And are there different levels of subscription? How we get involved? Is there a free taster? How does it work? Yeah, definitely. There's a free taster. So you can download Mind Labs from the App Store for free or just Google Mind Labs and you'll find us. Um, and yeah, we offer we offer some free classes and um, actually we offer free series as well. So we offer a, a 14 days free um, and we have an amazing series like 30 day sleep series or introduction to sleep. So, yeah, you can go and download my labs from the App Store. And after that, it costs $7.99 a month or $47.99 a year. Um, so um, we hope that it's affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. But yeah, go and go and download it for free and have a play around. And we'd love to to hear what you think. Well, it's a great project. I really appreciate you you doing it. Anything, anything in this space towards people's well-being is hugely significant. And, and also, I think, inspirational, your personal story to leave university at 21 and, and plow straight into to running your own businesses is, is hugely courageous. And you must have a, a, a lot of confidence, I think, naturally, which is great. Can we follow your story? Do you, do you document that at all? Yeah, definitely. I've started to do more documenting on LinkedIn, actually, funny enough. So, um, yeah, if you just search my name, Adnan Ibrahim, on LinkedIn, uh, as I mentioned, I'm probably less active on Instagram these days, but I find that LinkedIn for me is just a good way of, I guess, talking about the business side of, of running my apps as well. So, yeah, that's that I, I, I post there multiple times a week. Brilliant. Well, that's powerful. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And the best of luck with building it. Sounds great. Thank you very much. No, it's been great to chat. Thanks very much. What do you think? Really enjoyed that conversation with Adnan Ibrahim and in, in a way, I guess, swung me a little bit. I still think in, in lots of ways, the most relaxing stuff I find maybe it's a senior millennial, maybe just at the top of the, the class there in terms of uh, birth times, just getting away from technology. But I guess um, it is about discipline, isn't it? Using tools, whether I think things like a lot of people don't drink alcohol, but you can use alcohol as a a relaxant or a social lubricant occasionally without being dependent on it it's it's a big one isn't it and it's having discipline exercise as well compared to um you know phone use is, is how you discipline yourself not only to exercise not to overtrain though it's, it's all these things in life are in proportion aren't they and, and mobile phone discipline is is an important one and maybe mind labs through your phone is a way of way of achieving that as long as you have etiquette around when you're immersed in those those video classes of um not re responding to to messages etc which adnan clearly does and he's he's developing a, a strategy and i think it's big that people are trying to help because obviously the modern world statistically we're seeing people struggling up with mental health whether it's more documented in the past or whether it is increasingly on the rise I suppose we're yet to pass out that detail, but it's it's great that people are working at that Mind Labs app. Then uh, check it out and those those video classes as well. I presume you can with those live classes, similar to Peloton in a sense, you form those alliances and that familiarity with certain instructors can be a personal thing and an interconnected thing that in a disconnected world is is valuable. It will be it through a, a screen. So 
Adnan uh, Ibrahim, let me know what you think of that. Uh, please rate it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you're listening to this podcast, or uh, just pass it on to a friend. Always powerful, isn't it? Those first-person referrals. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Thank you to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company for their ongoing association with the podcast. And if you would like to benefit from that, check out their supplements, whether it's holistic, multivitamin, vitamin, or a more specific supplement like iron or, or vitamin D, whatever you're looking at, whatever you've been advised to, to maybe supplement with. You can go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and the discount code at checkout is DRAPER10R, my last name, all capital letters, the numerals 110, and the capital letter R. And maybe if you are thinking about just preserving family memories, people's voices and their stories, getting a kind of sense of family history and in a relaxed conversation format, you know, I'd love to, to speak to your family members. If you want to check out atticboxaudio.co.uk, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X audio.co.uk, atticboxaudio.co.uk. Find out more about the uh, company that we've started, my wife and I, Carla, and I just to, to help people if they want those life story conversations and I enjoy speaking to people. I think it doesn't have to be anyone from the, the world of, of, of media and status and, and fame, etc. I think it's everyone's got a good story to tell and lessons to pass on to generations and just their themselves, their voice, their essence to pass on to, to younger generations as well, which we've done with our family members, which is really cool that my daughter will be able to grow up and uh, hear our grandma's life stories, etc. going back to the 1950s and 60s. So, yeah pretty cool uh, but check it out and i uh, hope you have a, a great week and I'll speak to you again soon goodbye for now